0: Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: It's Fibber McGee and Molly. Every weekday at this time, NBC brings you Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutton. and Molly will be with you in a minute.
2: Don Wilson speaking, and mighty glad to tell you about Tums Don't Wait Relief from Acid Indigestion. Don't Wait Relief. That's right, because Tums don't make you wait on glasses, spoons, water, and mixing. Instead, you eat Tums like candy, anytime, anywhere. And instantly, Tums start neutralizing the excess acid, which might be caused by too much or too rich food, heavy smoking, or overindulgence. Right away, you start feeling Tums' gentle, neutralizing action. So fast and effective, yet free of acid rebound. No wonder Tums are America's number one choice for don't-wait relief from heartburn and other acid stomach discomfort. Try Tums yourself, and always keep them handy in pocket or purse. Economical, too, only ten cents a roll. After eating, before bed, you'll be thankful for a roll full of T-U-M-S, Tums for the Tummy
1: there's a very earnest discussion going on right now at 79 wistful vista between fibber mcgee and molly
0: it's true molly i just noticed
3: i tell you mcgee it's your imagination
0: well then how come whenever there's a door or a window open i can tell it immediately Because it's getting so thin, it goes right through, that's why.
3: I still say you're just imagining things. It's just as heavy as it ever was. Here, feel that. Look at that texture.
0: Wow.
3: Now, take another good look in the mirror. Do you still say you're getting bald? Yes. Ah.
0: All right, then. If you don't believe me, take a look at Exhibit A. What's that? My comb. Look at all that hair stuck in there. For goodness sakes. I tell you, kiddo, it's coming out by the handful.
3: Let me see that.
0: Now, you see why I'm so worried?
3: Well, that is strange. You've never had any trouble like this up until now. Why should you suddenly... Dandruff.
0: That's why. Dandruff. That's what causes falling hair, isn't it, dandruff? But you don't have any dandruff. Exactly. What? It works both ways.
3: Dearie, I'm afraid...
0: Look, what causes dandruff? Dry scalp, right? I suppose. Since I haven't got dandruff, I haven't got dry scalp, and since I haven't got dry scalp, I must have wet scalp, right?
3: Wet scalp. And what
0: happens when you run around all winter like I just done with a wet scalp? You catch colds like I caught a lot of them this past winter. And what do you do when you catch cold? You sneeze, right? Yes, but... Well, there you are.
3: There you are?
0: Yeah. I probably sneezed my hair loose all winter, and now it's going to come out all summer.
3: <laughs> that's the fastest and the silliest diagnosis I ever heard. It's
0: just simple logic, Molly. The facts are there.
3: Roger, boy!
0: You can't deny logic. Black is black and white is white.
3: And the way you put them together, never the twain shall meet. Hello
0: there, kid. Oh, hi, old-timer. What's this about a train, daughter?
4: You going on a trip? No,
0: no, no, old-timer. She didn't say train.
3: I said twain.
4: Oh. Well, then, uh, what's this about a twain, daughter? You going on a trip? A trip?
0: Look, old-timer, Molly didn't...
4: Well, daughter, I blung your groceries over and roughed them on the sink. <laughs> Better get back to my truck now and travel through the traffic over to Herb Travis's uh, place. <laughs> Pretty long wire to Travis's house and... What's uh... he
3: trying to do?
0: Oh, you know him. He's the guy who won the original Olympic medal for jumping to conclusions. (laughs) He walked in here and heard you say Twain, and now he thinks you're talking baby talk.
3: Baby talk? (laughs) You're a little mixed up, Mr. Oldtimer.
4: No, I'm too impulsive, I guess.
3: Well, don't worry. You're no more confused than McGee is since he woke up this morning and noticed all those loose hairs in his comb. He's afraid he's going bald.
0: Bald? You mean he's losing his hair? You know any other way to go bald besides losing your hair? Started coming out by the comb full.
4: Well, don't give it a thought, Johnny. I'll run right home and get Papa's famous hair grower formula out of the trunk and mix up a batch of it. Amazing stuff.
0: Your father invented it? Did it ever work? Johnny,
4: this stuff of Papa's would grow hair on a bowling ball.
0: Yes, but would it grow hair on people?
4: (laughs) That's a shrewd question, daughter, and one that Papa was often asked. In fact, when he first announced that he was going to invent an oil that'd grow hair, the neighbors all hooted like a barn full of owls. They called his invention Fulton's Folly.
3: Fulton's Folly?
4: That's where he got the oil for his formula. Fulton's Fish Market. Oh. But I tell you, when Papa completed his formula and tested it out on old Marblehead Morgan, people came from miles around to watch.
0: Did it work? Did the stuff work, huh?
4: Worked like a charm. Yeah? Give old Marblehead the most unusual head of hair you ever saw. Oh, boy. Got rid up in all the medical journals. Newspapers all run pictures of it uh You should have seen that fuller's new hair.
3: Was it wavy or
4: straight? Straight, daughter. One big, healthy, perfectly straight hair in the center of his head, stand up there proud and defiant like a pine tree on top of Mount
0: Baldy. One hair?
3: Is that all he grew? One hair?
0: Yep. My gosh, what's so unusual about that? The size of it, Johnny. That
4: hair weighed eight pounds. <laughs> four foot
3: stick
1: at your wrist. There's more fun with the McGee's shortly. Intelligent Americans who have seen pictures of the recent H-bomb tests realize that today's world situation demands alertness. The A-bomb, the H-bomb, and the long-range bomber have made intercontinental war possible enemy aircraft based in the polar regions could get over our cities and industries in a matter of hours. Our Air Defense Command uses an extensive radar network to detect possible enemy aircraft, but there are dangerous gaps in this defense system. Hostile planes could penetrate these gaps by flying between the radar cones at low altitudes. To cover those blind spots, the Air Force needs a civilian ground observer corps. A trained civilian plane spotter could give the warning that might possibly save thousands of lives. Civilian ground observers are urgently needed, especially on the east and west coasts and in the northern states. It will take but a few hours of your time each week. Volunteer now for this vital service to your country. If you're teenage and up, get in touch with your local Civilian Defense Center.
0: that mirror a little higher. More to the right.
3: Honestly, Look,
0: this... look there. Don't it look thinner there? Right right on the crown of my head? Which crown? Oh.
3: You've got a colic there that looks like your hair was combed with a wet paintbrush. I can't... Right kept... in the
0: middle of the top. You see how my scalp is creeping up through there? You never could see skin on that part of my head before.
3: I still can't. Hmm. These are your fingers you're looking at. For goodness sake, stop being so silly.
0: Well, I bet when your hair starts falling out, you'll be silly, too. Right in my prime of life, too. Well, I hope it ain't too late, that's all. You got a three-cent stamp? For what? I want to mail this coupon and get started as soon as I can. It'll be worth the twenty seven fifty if I can save What's enough...
3: What's worth twenty seven fifty? dollars
0: This scalp massager. The one that got advertised in my Careers for Men Over 35 magazine. If I can save up enough...
3: Is that the door? Is that ringing just in my head? Because on days like Anybody this... Anybody
0: home? It's Doc. Maybe he knows something about... Come on
3: the... in, Dr. Gamble.
0: Your door was open, Molly. I hope you didn't mind my barge. No, not at all. Barge right in, Barge Bottom. Hey, you know what to do for falling hair? My boy, if you expect me to say hold a basket under it, I'm not going to do it.
3: (laughs) I'm so relieved.
0: What's the gag? No gag, Doc. Look at this. Take a gander at this comb. Have you ever seen a comb so full of hair before? Not since 1928 when the girls used to call me Valentino. (laughs) Ah, hair in a comb. It's a lovely sight.
3: Not to himself here it isn't.
0: No, sir, because that's my hair. And after just using that comb one day, too. I just bought it yesterday. No kidding. You mean all that hair came out since yesterday? Every bit of it. Gee whiz, Doc, I always had a beautiful head of hair.
3: You know, he's pretty upset about it, Doctor. Frankly, I can't see any signs of baldness, Maybe
0: Doc can tell what's the trouble. Maybe my scalp's coming loose. Maybe all them little hair filigrees are dying.
3: Filigrees?
0: He means follicles, my dear. I do not know such a thing mean follicles. Oh? Anybody knows a follicle is a half a pair of glasses that an Englishman screws into one eye and looks out of the other eye with. No,
3: McGee, that is a monocle.
0: Ha! A monocle? <laughs> what would you call a pair of handcuffs if you didn't call them handcuffs?
3: I'd call them manacles.
0: You'd be correct, too. Oh, it. is that so? Mm-hmm. Well, if you tourists are dad that rat educated, what are them things that they scrape off the bottom of a boat? Those are manacles. Those are barnacles. I said a boat, not a barn.
3: <laughs> Nevertheless, they're barnacles. Okay,
0: okay, I give up. Two against one. <laughs> what did I say that started this whole thing in the first place?
3: You said filigrees and you meant follicles. Filigree, dear, is a sort of an ornamental effect. And
0: I was wrong. There's nothing ornamental about a bald head. So take a look up there, Doc. and see if my scalp's coming loose or what, will you? Okay. Come on over here to the light. Let's take a look. Be careful, though. Don't go digging around with them sharp meat hooks of yours. My head is sensitive. Don't worry, Butterbrain. Nobody knows better than I do how soft it is up there. (laughs) Now hold still. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. Never mind the two courses of stars fell on Alabama. Just tell me what's wrong with the top of my noggin. Well, <laughs> frankly, Sonny, aside from a very interesting point on the top, everything looks normal to me.
3: I think it just needs cutting and thinning, Doctor. Excuse me, you two. I've got some potatoes baking in the oven.
0: Oh, okay. It can't be normal, Doc. You saw all the hair that come out in that comb. Maybe you haven't got enough light here. Here, let me turn up the lamp up. Take a better look on account counter, because... Oh, now. Come in.
3: Oh, hi, Teeny. Hi. Hey, mister, I was wondering...
0: Look, you, you better come back some other time, Teeny. We're kind of busy right now. Dr. Gamble and yeah, me... Maybe... That's right, Teeny. I'm examining your friend here to see why he's losing his hair.
3: Oh? Are you losing your hair, Mr. McGee? All of it?
0: Well, I don't like to think about it, but it looks like...
3: Isn't that wonderful? Wonderful? Sure, because if you lose all your hair, then I can use it all the time. You won't need it anymore. Use what? That nice big new comb you bought yesterday, the one I borrowed this morning for Margaret. Margaret, my little collie dog, Margaret. Oh,
0: mm-hmm. oh.
3: He's got lots of hair, and he gets it all stuck together, and I have to comb it loose, and the comb gets full. Uh, <laughs> you,
0: you, you mean? Uh... <laughs>
3: Did Didn't you hear me yell that I was taking it this morning when you and Miss <laughs> McGee were out in the backyard?
0: Hey, Molly! It ain't true! My (laughs) hair's not falling
3: out! I knew I was too young to be bald! Oh,
1: boy, oh, boy! We'll say goodnight to Fibber and Molly in a moment.
2: Well, this is Roy Rogers.
1: And this is Dale Evans.
2: We'd like to take a minute here to remind you about our weekly radio program on NBC.
1: Roy and I really enjoy bringing you these adventure stories every week, and we're real happy to have the Mellow Men as our singing partners on the Roy Rogers Show. Roy, tell the folks listening about this week's story. It's real exciting.
2: Well, now, Dale, I, I don't think that we'd better give away the story we're going to be telling. I'd just like the folks to find out all about it as we go along.
1: Well, maybe you're right. But we can tell them that along with you and me and the Mellow Men will be Pat Brady, as well as Bullet, the Wonder Dog, and Roy's horse, Trigger. Together, we bring you stories in Songs of the West. Stories that'll keep you on the edge of your chair with excitement, and songs to set your feet a tapping.
4: We sure hope you'll be right there beside your radio every week.
1: Remember, it's the Roy Rogers Show every Thursday evening on the NBC Radio Network.
2: Goodbye, good luck, and may the good Lord take a liking to you. <laughs>
3: It was nice of you to let Teenie have your comb, dear.
0: Oh, well, she wanted it so badly and it was only a dime. Anyway, before I could say yes, Margaret already had it in his mouth. <laughs> have you ever gotten a good look at those sharp teeth? Yes, I have. One false move and good night.
3: <laughs> you can say that again.
0: Okay,
1: good night.
3: Good night, all.
1: NBC has brought you the Fibber McGee and Molly program transcribed with Bill Thompson as the old-timer and Arthur Q. Bryan as Dr. Gamble. Throughout the years, Mr. McGee of 79 Whistful Vista has acquired a somewhat questionable reputation in the fix-it line. No matter what was broken around the house, you could be pretty sure that once himself took his tools in hand, the broken article is as good as done for. Well, tomorrow, Mrs. McGee's washing machine goes haywire, and McGee undertakes the job of putting it right we may have a surprise for you. This is John Wald reminding you to listen again tomorrow night to Debra McGee and Molly.
2: Next hearing time brings you highlights from the Senate Committee hearings on the NBC Radio Network.